Hello and welcome back to the Duffoot Golf Podcast. I think this is episode number six. I'm Neil and I'm here with John and Anthony. How are you lads? Evening. How's it going? So uh, we've been away for a while. Um, we were on our trip ourselves, which we'll talk about in a while. But since then, we've also uh, had the US Open, which was uh, we we're going to talk about in, in a bit of detail. We gave a preview. Uh, we weren't too correct in a lot of our picks. So, um, lads, do you want to start with the US Open? Is there anything else you want to chat about? Uh, what about your performance at the weekend? That usually gets a news segment from, the, from yourself, but you've, been, you've glossed over it fairly quickly. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't think I'm the person to take that away, so do you want to give a bit of context? Uh, yeah, so myself and Neil were playing this weekend, and Neil was going reasonably well, and then he hit a lovely little, lovely little hop, hop patch there in the middle of the round. And I kind of turned around to him and I said he's he was like four under level level twos through fourteen, a couple of reasonably easy holes coming in, and this I said to him this is his chance this is a lifetime chance he was on course for single figures so I was yep. the only man in the room never to make single figures, <laughs> and I just gave him a look and I said this is what it's all about this is the pressure of golf and I'll tell you what a snap hook on fifteen a duff off sixteen a snap hook off seventeen and a snowman on eighteen <laughs> is how you shit the nest in style you forgot the four put on eighteen as well that's God, a, oh the that, four put on eighteen was beautiful it's yeah. a real side of pressure there where you're four putting yeah, yeah well, I've never been as sick as I was yesterday on the green you must have really felt the heat though did yeah. you get the tension in the arms I don't know if it's tension in the arms um, I think I just because you hit a lot of bad shots, like oh yeah, you can you can because from having hit consistently excellent shots to very bad shots in the space of the pressure coming on. Can I blame the rain and the weather? It's raining for the whole day. <laughs> yeah, no. To be honest, it just it it, it got to me. Uh, you start thinking, right? Oh, what's my handicap? Ten point four, right? If I get forty one points, that's one one down. That's nine point four. I'm down to nine, and yeah, just. I don't know what happened on 15. It was an awful, awful swing, and then it just went from there. So so what did you have on 15? I had five on 15 for two points. Okay, and then when did it start going wrong? That wasn't a bad. No, 16, I duffed a four-iron hybrid. Nora. Four-iron. <laughs> you deserve a great women's club after the team. <laughs> I duffed that. I actually hit a great pitch up to about eight feet and missed that putt. And then 17, uh, snap hook left. Actually, yeah, I was in the bunker short and three, hit a really good bunker shot to again to about six or seven feet and poor stroke though. Very poor stroke. And then on eighteen I was like, right, I'm going up, I'm gonna try and power this. Thirty nine points, I'll get point six down, I'll be nine point eight, be grand. Uh on the green, twenty feet putting for power, miss Reda. Laid myself three and a half feet down the hill. Probably not even three and a half feet down the hill for a left or right for uh, the six. worst the worst type of putt downhill, yeah. left or right and how did you approach it then? Did you just I want I, I tried to bash him back in the hole he just and, powered and it went eight feet past and I missed the one back. <laughs> so um I nearly vomited on the eighteenth green, but anyway. Uh so yeah, I don't think I'll ever get to nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we have Captain's Prize this weekend, so uh, I don't even know if I'm gonna bother playing that. <laughs> and, uh, and he was full of beans walking off the thirteenth with his birdie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great game. Uh can we move on? Uh, okay. Yeah, we um we go to the U.S. Open. We 
said it was we said it wasn't a bomber's course we said a bomber wasn't going to win um would you stand by that well one thing i would say about it is i think paul mcginley said it on a, a competing podcast off the ball very competitive, very competitive. <laughs> the, what he was saying was, was in vietnam love it as well yeah he was saying that if if the course plays easy it brings a lot of the bombers into play right but if it plays level par it brings a lot of the scrappers into play mm. and it did what was he 10 11 under 13, 13 under yeah. so like that's almost a record low us open score so but by, very, by playing easy it brings a lot of them a lot a lot of them into it yeah but he, he was still he he hit 83 percent greens in regulation so he was first in that stat which we called in the podcast yeah that he was going to need to be there so um he also He's a bomber and he's known as a bomber and Brooks is known as a bomber. But he also is a very good... He's a good stinger off the tee. Yeah. And Tiger, back in 2000, would have won it with stingers two iron off the tee and wouldn't play that a lot. He also... His putting... Like, he got... He was, like, stroke strokes gained, like, eight or something with putting over the course of the week. So he was... While he as is, we said, greens and regulation and putting. Yeah, while he is well, he not... Was, he, he, his average was 31 puts... Per round, and he was tied 64th in the stats so it was really the greens and reg that yeah. that did it and driving distance he was fourth so um like obviously he it did play to his strengths and i can understand what johnny was saying but i still think it's just all boiled down to greens hit like he was just so consistent yeah i i, I agree i just think that even though he is known as a bomber he didn't play like, like the only shot because uh, i had to watch it back because it had been on so late um the only shot that I remember being real power shot was the 14th, the par five. He went for that in two from about 260 up the hill. And he hit that, he hit that green. Well, he didn't hit the green, but he was just off it and made birdie. And that was when Brooks was still in the hunt. Um, the, the average across the tournament was driver was only hit, I think, just over 50% of the time. So, I mean, usually, I don't know what the stats are for the other tournaments, but I guess that would be 70, 80%. Yeah. yeah. So only basically every second tee shot was hit with the driver. Yeah. Well, the, the driving distance, he was 316 yards, which probably would be down on the season average. Like some of the courses, they would be... Like, I, I wouldn't say he's hitting his driver all the time to get 316 yards. Um, but, yeah, no, he was he was he solid. Really, he was, really stepped up to the plate. Like, uh, I was reading something that it was the first of eight times... of the It was the eighth time that he'd gone into the lead on the last day in the tournament, and that was the first time that he pulled it off. Oh, that's a good Any time he's won, he's come from behind. Um, I still don't like. Was the question there was will he push on and, and become a, a multiple major winner? What do you think? Thirty five. About that. Thirty four. Yeah. <sighs> Can you see him going out on the final day and shooting the lights out in, in somewhere like Augusta? I don't. I, I don't see that. But I I think you know for for someone to get into the top tier, I think it's quite open because. I think there's a lot of poor golfers mentally at the top of the game. It's like Kepka said, though, yeah. right? Is they're the easiest to win because a lot of these golfers, like Ricky Fowler, forget about it. He can play as many majors as he likes, you know? <laughs> he may nip one in his career, but he's not a big-time golfer. No. Look at the other top 10 players. Kuchar up there, he's never going to win one again. McElroy is vulnerable. Johnson is incredibly vulnerable. Only Kepka and Woods in the top 10 of the world are solid. They can really do you down, down the stretch. The rest of them can wobble at any, any point. If you're, if you're looking at the, the, 
the players going into Sunday. That it was a real chance for McIlroy and Rose, wasn't it? Like it was re- like they could have really put some pressure on Woodland. And once again, it was the only person who who was able for it was Brooks. Yet, yet again, McIlroy was gone by the second. Yeah, that, was, that was very disappointing. He was unlucky though with the drive. <sighs> He's uh, he can't be unlucky every major. I I'm not saying that, but like you know, I still I still have a. I don't know whether it's just a, a, a romantic kind of thought that he's still going to go back to Portrush and do well. But I said it after the US Open, I thought that, uh, or sorry, the US PGA, I thought that Johnson has a problem. There's signs now that McElroy's grown a problem in terms of closing out. Oh, those signs were there years ago. But no, but <laughs> those like, signs have been well, there a long he time. He's won four majors. He but that's the thing, though, but he's won four majors. And like, yeah, but from, from miles ahead, like he wins from miles ahead. Like, what was the. Well, Tiger has only won one from coming from behind. Yeah, so. that's true, but he's never in his whole life thrown a major away like McElroy has thrown a major away. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. Like, Mac, that is McElroy. That's what you're going to see for the rest of his career. His great talent could shoot a great number, but just disappears when it really counts. But like, I think yeah. Port, I think he'll, I, I think he'll come out. He'll be, he'll be up for Port Rush. I think he'll get a lead, and I think he'll close it out. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I just think that he's won the players, which is the fifth major. He won Canada the week before. Like, I do think that there's signs there that he's getting better, but he's got to do something about that. Like that last day, he, he he's got. If you're gonna win a major, Sunday is important. Absolutely, <laughs> try and get it done, and he's got. But he's done it before. Like uh, that's that's my point. It's I suppose. been quite a while since he won a major. Yeah, that's another good point. It's four years or something, five years. It was 2015. 2014, 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah that's quite a while ago. Yeah. Okay. And you, like you said, no injuries or anything really. We had the rib injury. Keep them out. Okay. The rib injury that was one year more or less gone. So um, no, I, I think you're being a bit of harsh to Macro. I think he'll come good. Okay. Um, Brooks, I suppose you have to give a word to him, like his performance and his record in the last 10 majors is just something else this year it's a win in two seconds uh he was the only one john as you mentioned he was the only one that came out of the blocks so did he what did he birdie the first four holes on oh, there or something but he's just kept he's just rated made of the right stuff he's just brilliant he's just a great competitor he, he just will perform under the gun like he, like he did call up himself he just like he knows the other guys are not able yeah. to perform and he is and he mentally now he is a huge edge on the lot of them. Like he knows he can come out and do it, and he knows as well. Mainly wobblers in front of him. Do you think he? I just don't think he was firing all cylinders um, at the start of the week. So I think he was playing a bit of catch up. So. Um, well, they they said something about since the. The the PG he won the PGA obviously, then he took two or three weeks off. He played the week before in Canada. But he hadn't picked up a club in in those two and a half weeks, and then picked it up for the pro am on the Wednesday or something or the Tuesday. For so you know, see, so you're obviously going to be ring rusty. Yeah. So I, I I felt he suffered a bit um, over the first couple of days in the US Open, and I think uh, hopefully he'll learn from that because I, I, as you say, he looks like a guy who who knows the winning formula for the majors. You say hopefully, right? So when Tiger was winning everything, people like that's that's what kind of. His, where his legacy grew and people wanted them to win more rights they wanted them to win the Tiger Slam they wanted them to win the Grand Slam do you think people actually is there a likability factor or an issue with his likability Brooks kept it? I don't know like, um, do, when you're sitting down on on a Sunday of a major do you want him to make a run? I don't I don't want him to win like there's something about it I just I prefer 
obviously a Rory or um, or not, no, definitely not Justin Rose. Um, you'd probably like McDowell to win. <laughs> no, um, it's just an ordinary guy. Um, I I I don't know. I can't put I can't put my finger on it. But as you say, if he makes a run for it, you're kind of like, oh, fair play. But he's not someone that you really like. Um, I would much prefer to see uh, Lowry or McIlroy making a making a surge up the leaderboard than Brooks. But yeah, that's going to be a difficult one over the course of the next because it, it does seem like he's there to stay. Yeah. Um, a lot was said about what how the how the USGA were going to set up the course. Do you think they got it right? I think it was too easy. Like thirteen hundred is just much much too easy. So uh, I think they should have set it up a lot harder. But I think there was pressure on them to do that. Just make it nice and easy. But I, I would like to have seen it a lot closer to level par. I heard that they tried to, but they just didn't get the weather for it. Like usually it's June in in the US Open, it's it's hard, it's fast, it's hot, and they just didn't get that. Yeah, maybe. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I always like. I always like a course when there's a few birdies. Um, sometimes when I when they're struggling too much, it kind of gets a little bit. The viewing isn't as good. If you know what yeah. I mean. I just don't enjoy it as much. So I think for a run. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well, what we saw of it though, because obviously it was fairly late. But I did think they got it right. That's another point. The time was a time difference was a ball like wasn't it? Yeah. Well, well, we were in Spain, so it was an extra hour, but like... Drinking all day didn't help either. That's very true. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but I don't remember any... Because like, I, I, I know they've had it in California before. I don't remember it being that late, or am I just been yeah, it, wrong? It can be It can be very late when it's on the West Coast. Yeah, because surely Sky Sports would have some sort of say in that, no? No. No, zero no. power. It's all the American TV networks. Yeah. Sky just pick up the feed. They don't have their own cameras. They pick up the US feed. But they have. They send people out there. They have like your man there. They have all of them on the oh, course. Oh, they've all the on course and the off course. But I mean, yeah. the time of the showing is dictated by the, U- the US TV networks. Yeah. But you would have thought that in Europe or in the UK that uh, there's a percentage of the viewing that that they they they'd be able to pull. Now. Yeah, but it's it's teed up. The in America, the TV networks love it being on the West Coast because it's prime time then on the East Coast. So that's what it's set up for. So when they tee off, whenever they tee off, the back nine is like eight, nine, ten o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah. So that's what it's teed up for. Like, I mean, I don't know how many people are on the East Coast in America, but far more probably than the whole of Europe watching. True. Yeah. I just don't ever remember being that late. I was very surprised when I heard they were going out at three or three. Just old, maybe. That's true. Um, we're not to, we've only got one more major now. Yeah. It feels strange, doesn't it? Yeah, this early in the year feels strange. The schedule of the season in golf, I don't like at all. A new one. Don't like it at all. And I think it's it's really devalued as well, all of the regular tournaments. Like, you, you've got... Between... Like, you've the players in March, and then they'll have the FedEx in August. Yeah. But there's no real non-major tournament in that. And any tournament that the guys actually do play in, that tournament is overlooked because it's always a warm-up for the major that's coming yeah. within two weeks. Like, Tiger has played once in... He's played one one non-major since the Masters. So since the end of March, he's played one regular tour event. And he's not going to play another one until August. So, like, he's missed the vast majority of the golf season without playing a regular tour event. Kepka clearly doesn't play the tour. He plays them. He shows up physically, but he doesn't really seem to... to to give a yeah, shit about any of them. 40s over the weekend there. 
Yeah, so it, it doesn't, it, it, the season has been really badly structured. I always said there should be a major, the PGA, USPGA could clearly be moved to like October or much further out in the year, they could move it to. But again, it, it, the reason the season is compressed is again the, the other US sports, that's why they do it. Yeah. We have, so we have the British Open coming up in a couple of weeks in Port Rush. Um, so it's kind of coming over to, the focus is coming over to this side of the pond. Uh, Irish Open is next week, next Thursday. Um, looks like it's going to be a decent event. They're setting up La Hinch to be a bit of a festival town. Would you be interested in going down? Or I think it'd be a great. I think it'd be a great event to go to. Um, I think the fact that it's kind of real local as well. Like yeah. you could have a you could have a good few nights down there. Like yeah. the town the town would be full of people. Um, and it'd be re- I, I'd imagine it's going to be very welcoming because it's like going it's going to bring so much. Uh, money into the local town, like so, the points to be flown, um, and the European tour events. I I've been to many over the years when I've been in Ireland. Went to Wentworth a couple of times as well. Like it's it's like it's good. It's good fun. Like and it's a good it's a good day out if you do it right. Like yeah. If, what would you consider doing it right? Oh, you have to make sure you get there early enough. Um, you can watch a few groups in the morning. Then you can go tented village, have a few points kind of then pick up the afternoon groups if that's yeah. what you're doing on a Thursday or Friday on the Saturday then you can Saturday and Sunday then you can just go pick your, pick your uh, groups follow yeah. them straight back into the tent village a couple of points and what's the best event you've been at? Wentworth by far why? Uh, it's just set up like the course is the course is very good the field was is the field is always strong yeah um, Points were good, were they? <laughs> uh, yeah, the points were good. Ted the village was very good that day, and then the eighteenth, the the grandstand around the eighteenth, like it's it's hard to get into, but if if you do get into, you can stay there for hours. But would that be your would that be your suggested go up and go up in the morning, go out and pick a group, a few points at lunch, and then fall asleep in the grandstand? Uh, well, actually, in Wentworth, <laughs> in Wentworth, I. I pitched up. Uh, is it the Par Three Fourteenth? Yeah. So I had a fair. I, I had a skinful and um, <laughs> sat there for the afternoon. Snoring. Got a bit of a got, got a bit too much sun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was a great great event to be be at. I actually met McDowell that week and uh, got an autograph off him. He was a very nice guy. Oh, right. So that was back before he had the American accent. Yeah, I, I can I can picture you though after a few pints coming back out for the evening group and maybe you know. <laughs> Getting, getting, having heated words with Soren Kelson after he hits a ball out your direction. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do agree that that's the, that's a good way to do it. Like I, when I went to the US Open a few years ago, we went to Aaron Hills and we followed. It was Paul Dunn's first time uh, qualifying for a US major. We went and watched him for a while. He, in the morning, he was brutal. Um, <laughs> uh, went in and had a pint. It was too hot to have too many pints. It was like in its in the in the thirties. Then we went out. We you know we followed a few people, but then just sat at one of the greens and watched them come in. Um, you and I are going up to the British Open in a few weeks. Yes, we we got our uh, we're going to that in a little more detail in the next few weeks. But I got an email today about what we need to bring for our tent, so we're sharing a tent. A fucking tent! I still can't get over this. What's your problem with? I'm sharing a tent with you. Last year in Marbella, I had to share a bed with you. So um, yeah, you're moving up. I had a very bad experience camping last year when I went away with the family and um, yeah, three, three nights in the tent would be grim. But like again, is it, like, is it three nights? Yeah, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I just had to get over this, stuff, especially Feeney of all people. Who, why? Why me? <laughs> I didn't think you were a man for a tent, but 
Oh, yeah. you know, you got to stumble sometimes. So, what is on this list that we need to bring? Oh, it's just Sorry, we're getting off track here at the pod, but I just... But it's just, I, I'll, I'll forward you an email, but it's like, you know, sleeping bag, pillow, pyjamas, uh, toilet Pajamas. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be fucking warm. Like, oh, imagine if it's raining. When it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like you're talking about Lahinch and they're setting up the a festival feel and points. Like they do very well. Like that's the reason why I want to do it. Is I've heard good things about the fact that the British Open. They they set up a tented village. There's live music. There's there's drinks flowing. It's that until the until late in the evening. You know you'll be well oiled by the time you go to bed. Come up the feed in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned uh, Marbella there. Um, you know, obviously this year we we, we we went up a notch that we weren't sharing a bed, but uh, we're just back from uh, from our four nights in Marbella. How do, how do you think it went, lads? Well, I have to say the first two days golfing, uh, from my own perspective, was very good. I really struck the ball well. Um, first day, I did lose against John. Yeah, but, um, we, yeah, they beat us on... First time in three years you beat me, not though? I'd say it's the first time in about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> um... But then the second day, me, myself and Walter gave you a good pounding, a very good pounding. I, I have to say, when I was driving down to that first tee and I had to stop and turn the buggy around to go back and to get a couple of cans of Strongball, I didn't think it was going to be a good day. Uh, and to top that off, when we're standing on the first tee and Walter was stepping up to <laughs> hit his shot and um, he'd, been in oh, the pro yeah. he'd been in the pro shop obviously buying a glove. So we're standing on a tee and I was like, oh, why does he have a glove on the wrong hand? <laughs> and he was so drunk that he didn't even realise he bought a glove for his wrong hand. What, what I enjoyed with that is that we were obviously in the same apartment as him and he woke up, we were hung over. Um, he woke up and he was like, I swear to God, I'm not drinking today. I'm not drinking. I might not even drink tonight. An hour later, I see you lads pulling up to the first tee. I'm already nervous about us being down from the day before and you lads had... Kind of strong, but I was like, this isn't going to go well. But in fairness, we didn't see it for the first five holes because the course were like yeah. a beautiful golf course, I have to say. Great course, yeah. Yeah, um, very tough though. So obviously after the first, I think it was after the first four holes, five holes, I think myself and Walsh, you were three up and... Two up, you Oh, right? sorry, two up. Um, and Kills had driven off in the buggy and comes back and goes... We were like, How, how's the match going? And um, he was like, oh yeah, the lads are four down. I was like, oh, are you joking? They've only played five holes. I've I've never been so dehydrated and hung over on a golf course. Like I, I'm kind of strong, though. <laughs> no, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you why the last day was uh, my best day. But to start with, myself and Shields were coming off the third. And we were three down. And I, I just <laughs> That's a bad number after three holes. <laughs> Um, and Niall was playing very well I think Niall was level par for about 4 or 5 holes um, and we both kind of at the same time but said like I'm not feeling very comfortable over the ball like to the point where I was going to I felt like I was going to fall when I stood over the ball I felt like I was going to fall over keel over because I was so dehydrated and just so dizzy uh, so the next day was my best day of golf um, and that's because I just pounded water into me like every time every hole it was a, a water, water 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 yeah well, me and Walsh felt bad as well. We just kind of just took the bull by the horns. We you like you only had one can at Strongwell. Yeah, it was a great can though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really did wonders because um, I think I think I hit like probably seven greens in the first nine holes. Like two you birdies. Were, you were two two or three birdies in the first nine holes. Like really, 
And then the two, obviously the, the opposition really tried to put me off on the 10 tee box by telling me stories of uh, playing golf in Las Vegas, but I, I kept it together. Soldiered on. I don't think we'll talk about those stories. Uh, <laughs> you were six over for 18, were you? 38 points? Is that what I heard? Um, yeah, that was... I had a couple of scratches as well. And when when we were seven up after... Seven up after 16, and I kind of knew the match was over, I kind of took the... F- the f- Foot off the gas. Obviously, then when the pressure's off, Johnny goes birdie birdie. But uh, yeah, Johnny, you're very quiet over there. Do you want to give us your your thoughts on the week? Yeah, well, I'm hearing a lot about uh, Saturday. I'd like to go back to Friday if, <laughs> if I may. Uh, two lads on the other side of the mic, well-renowned team, uh, badly beaten, really put to the sword on Friday. I think you were you were clinging on for dear life. We let you let you up the 18th, I think, but uh, you were well beaten. I'd say that defeat was thing for a while to come. So. It was tough, yeah. The, I, I particularly enjoyed... Well, no, I, I didn't enjoy the celebration. Well, we don't get much of a chance to rehearse the celebration losing so often, so it, was, it just came out. Yeah, it was a big fist pump, wasn't it? Oh, it was huge. Even people, people from up in the clubhouse veranda were coming down to ask what, well, how much money was on it. Fucking everyone loves an underdog, don't they? But overall, what was the score? 2-1. Edged it. Yeah. Edged it now. Yeah, he edged it. You didn't win another match. That was the only match you won the whole week. Edged it. <laughs> and all squared, and you lads won one up on Friday, and then we, we took it to, to task in the rest of the weekend. Well, I think you obviously won your last game very comprehensively, which had a major impact on, on yeah. our game as well. Like, um, but I think eight is a great number to go away with. I think eight was a yeah. brilliant number to go away with. Um, made it much, much better than four would make you think about if you can pull off 12. I think the, the group size was a great size to go away with eight. And you get, you've got all the people kind of in a similar range of handicaps as well. So, I mean, everybody's within 10 shots. So eight yeah. people within 10 shots. So it's that's very good. I thought that was a very, very enjoyable element of going from four to eight. And I think a lot of people, if you were looking for a trip away, eight's a great number. Yeah, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed the fact as well that you were playing with different people each, well, mostly playing with different people each day. You know, you kind of, uh, if you were sick of one person, you could, you know, take it away. <laughs> uh, well, I had to play with John for three days in a row, or three, three days, which wasn't great, but beat him twice, so I was happy with that. No, but eight, eight is a very good number, and um, I think obviously the golf is a good number for the golf, but for going out for points, it's a great number. Yeah, right. I think it is great number. I think I just think that like if there's four years, like when we did the last couple of years. There could be a couple of people who aren't keen on going out that night and they're kind of like, not, not that they, they just be tired and it might drag the mood down a little bit. When there's eight though, like the people who are tired can just say, oh, that's I'm off. Whereas the rest of the lads can just say, swamping the points. Swamping the points. That didn't really happen. I know I went home early on the last night. But, yeah, no, it was just, it was just like... We were out till five o'clock on the, sat- yeah. on the Saturday. Which... It was just in a very enjoyable old man's trip. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of where you are in life. That we weren't going out to the, the nightclubs. I know Anthony had the dollar bills ready, but we didn't go to any of those places. <laughs> so it was just, you know, sitting in the restaurant for five hours. But uh, we, did, uh, we did venture to the port, Marbella, one of the nights. Yeah, we were late, though. We were late. Very late, yeah. That was brutal, though. Yeah, yeah. we were too late. Yeah. What would you do differently? Like, is there anything you'd do differently? Oh, I'd win next year. <laughs> no, but with the, with the organisation of the, of the... I'll be organising the accommodation as well. Yeah. Go on. Uh, it's just we're too far, too far but apart. I, I think if you had one villa, that would be perfect. 
even if this, even if you had like four rooms beside each other, like it's not as good in a hotel. If you could get one big house, that would be perfect. Oh, that'd, yeah, that'd be absolutely perfect. So you'll you'll book that next year. But in terms of location as well, like we we are happy enough from Marbella, like because it's Costa del Golf as it's called, 30, 35 courses around. I, it's a good I understand course. they say it's Costa del Golf, but I think when you're going away with eight lads, it's going to be good. Doesn't matter. Either yeah, way. yeah. Um, once the golf is like the golf course courses were very nice, but I think eight lads. Uh, had a couple of very good storytellers with us. Yeah, so that's true, yeah. I think th- it was nearly better when we were at Quiet Bar. Oh, it was brilliant. Like, it was just so much better. Rather than being somewhere where there was and music. Great, and great value for money, I felt as well. I mean, I was amazed what you could get for 760 <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? So I just think it was a fantastic value all around. Yeah. You don't want to elaborate on the 760 No? Okay. <laughs> um, but finally, the. The pounding I gave you on Saturday wasn't the only uh, bad bad result you had for the weekend, was it, John? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went. Uh, so we went out on the Sunday. We had a few drinks. Uh, it was our last night, and we so we, we we bumped into a few celebrities over the course of the, over the oh, course yeah. of the week. So we had uh, Brian O'Driscoll. We had Brian O'Driscoll on our way over. We had uh, Anthony Joshua on the way home. But uh, John, you you bumped into a, a, a apparently a, a, an heiress to the Swarovski. Diamond, great great granddaughter. What was her name? Diana. Diana. Yeah. Also, a what, what age was she, sir? I don't know. Forty six. Forty six. I thought it was fifty, but anyway. Um, she's also the chairman. only woman chairman of a chairwoman of a football club in the first division of Austrian football. So she she was very friendly at first. I think she was. She came over to the group, and she, you met her at a, a bar, the beachside. I think it was you and Shields. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was tray beyond looking like she was. That's Spanish, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, no. They, her and her friend were very very friendly at first, but um, they were like they were they were all over us at the start. Like, one um, can describe all over us. And well, well, all over Shields. So uh, they actually walked over and stopped him, stopped one of the guys in the Shields, one of the guys with us. They walked over and stopped him to start talking to him. And Shields was like, oh, yeah, how's it going? And then he brought them over to us. We were like, oh, oh wait, who are these two blondes coming over? And they were very eager to talk to us. And um, they were very attractive women. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, some people decided that they might have a chance. What happened there? So obviously one of the group um, followed them back to the dance floor and was <laughs> trying to uh, get the numbers. It's like obviously trying to try to try to look and say, yeah, maybe we can meet up for a drink later and whatever. I think the line that one of the lads heard was, "I like you guys, but not sexually." How did that feel, John? <laughs> it was a it was an instant put in your place like never <laughs> had before. I'd have to say it was a it was a major shoot down. Yeah, bad finish to the weekend, but all in all, good crack was had. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it there for this week. Unfortunately, that's the end of our golf trip series for this year. Hopefully, you enjoyed it and can take some learnings for your own version. Join us again next time where we'll review the Irish Open and a hinge, and maybe give a little bit more insight into our cosy excursion to Portrush for the British Open. Don't forget to follow us on at Duffhook Golf. We're on all social media networks: Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Thanks again. You take your name off your phone. Oh, wow.
out through my phone and uh, she made me call. Take your name off your phone. You gotta do this for me. Just to have a nice number. 